Welcome to Audacity Works, a podcast inspired by and dedicated to the working artist, the creative entrepreneur, and generally doing the damn thing. This exists on the premise that the world belongs to those who have the audacity to believe that their lives have value. This is for you. Hi, friends, and welcome to Audacity Works. I'm your host, Rachel Strickland, and this is episode number 29, in which we're talking about the performing arts and relationships and how they go together, or do they? I wanted to do this episode because I've gotten a a couple of questions from a couple of people asking me to address this. Um, I'll I'll read one of them uh, semi-verbatim, relationships and performing, dealing with the questions of putting your career or your partner first, and do you have to? I feel like uh, this is continuing the question. I feel like I see a lot of performers doing all the things, having the career and the relationship, and I have always felt that I needed to give up one or the other, have the relationship slash family after the career because performing will make me travel and maybe I'll do or wear things and shows that my partner doesn't like. I feel like I can't be the only one with these emotions. Uh, You're not. You're definitely not. That's from my girl Jess. Thanks, Jess. Always happy to hear from you. Uh, So what bums me out most about this hypothetical situation in the question like, I feel like I need to give up one or the other because performing will make me travel and maybe I'll do or wear things in shows that my partner doesn't like. What bums me out is that in this hypothetical situation, the decisions for designing a whole ass life are being based on the hypothetical possibility of making someone who doesn't even really exist yet uncomfortable hypothetically. Lots of hypotheticals here. So at this point, if if all of this is just based on hypotheticals, this isn't a problem. This isn't a problem for this person. Uh, the problem does not exist. It's, it's a fear. And I'm sure that that fear is well-founded on lived experience and partners being possessive or jealous or some nonsense like that. You're, you're quickly going to discover I have very little patience uh, for such situations. So let's take this, uh, let's paint with a broad brush. Um, no, you don't have to wait. You can have both. You can have your performing career and a relationship and a family, and you can add to that family. You can do all of those things. Uh, the, the only thing that's really a caveat here is choosing well like choosing someone who wants to share that life with you. Um, I remember being on a plane flying to God knows where for another gig. Who who even knows? Who can remember? And I, I had just started my relationship with Manflesh and I, I started composing a letter to him, which uh, there was a line that went something like, I truly believe that I can change the world with a pair of fishnets. Does that sound like something that you want to be a part of? Because it, it it is an ask. It's always an ask. And all relationships are work in any situation. Um, and to be a partner with someone who's a performing artist and they're maybe gone all the time and they do strange things. And like, I mean, you know those things going in, right? Uh, there's a heartbreaking quote that I wish I had never read, but I did, and now it's stuck in my head, and now I'm going to tell it to you. Sorry. And that quote is, 
Uh, and this is a very binary um, quote. So just disregard the pronouns if necessary. Uh, she hopes he'll change. He hopes she never will. And that's a bunch of bullshit because you're both going to change or, or not. I don't know who what what's going to happen. Nobody can tell. But if you choose to go into partnership with someone and you want to share your life with them in a real way for a significant amount of time, they do need to know what they're getting themselves into. And so do you. And I'm not saying that you should disregard your partner's comfort. You know, I, I just don't think that your partner's comfort comfort is the most important uh, part of this equation. Because nowhere has it ever been said that the greatest relationship advice in the world is to never make your partner uncomfortable. It's just, uh, it's, it's not going to happen. So let's take this one, one thing at a time. Let's consider the travel because sometimes you be traveling, you be traveling all the time. And it's normal for that to bum someone out. Uh, I'll tell you a personal story about this. That at one, there was one year when I was traveling quite a lot. I was gone six months out of the year and it bummed man flesh out. And he didn't ask me to stop, but he was like, maybe could you like tell me when you get a contract and like, we'll just talk about it. I'm never going to tell you not to go. I just want it to be a conversation so that I can feel like I'm part of your life. And I was like, that is totally a thing that I do. And yes, we can do that. Now, he wasn't asking me to stop what I was doing, to change the course of my life, or to alter my priorities. He just wanted to be part of the conversation. Um, because up until then, he had not been. And that is fair. And later on, Manflesh took a job where he was gone all the time. Like, he'd be home for four days and then gone again for two weeks. And... Uh, I was like, well, I, I am here for this and it is okay if I get bummed and I feel sad sometimes. I'm still not going to be like, you have to come home and stay with me. Fuck everything else that you want for your life. Like, who who does that? I, I just, I don't understand. I don't understand. So really, like the issue, the issue right now is that, um, there's a fear here. It's not necessarily a problem until someone says that it's a problem. And then you can sit down like adults and hash it out. But the idea of someone saying to someone else, hang up all the things that you had planned for your life because I don't like it. What, what the fuck is that? Like, no, the answer is no. Um, and the idea of like, you have to choose between me or your career. Now, I'm sure that there could be extenuating circumstances that I'm not aware of. But it, when that's the question being posed, the choice has already been made. It's kind of like um, if if two people are in a partnership and one of them is snooping in the other's phone or email and they find something that they take issue with like it was already over it was already pointless because like having privacy disrespected like that it's already over there's what is there to fight for that's just asinine and i get that there can be this allure to the performing artists like super hot 
body, super strong, super flexible, whatever. You do cool things. You're on stage. There's pictures of you. Um, oh, how shiny, how sparkly, how fabulous. Um, but then once the, if there's a possessive spirit in the other partner, they're like, well, now you're mine. So I want you to stop doing that stuff and stop wearing skimpy outfits and, you know, stop working. Dude. No. This I, this actually happened to a couple uh, that I knew in Seattle. And uh, they had been together for a long time. And uh, the, the male partner at one point was like, I, I really want you to kind of grow up and just, you know, stop doing these things, stop performing and, you know, just, you know, be a, be a normal grown up. And it was so fucking stupid because like, dude, you met at Burning Man while she was jumping topless on a trampoline. Go fuck yourself. I'm sorry. I will try to calm down a little bit. I just like, I, I don't agree. I don't, <laughs> I do not consent to this bullshittery. And that's not to say that people shouldn't be able to explore their feelings of discomfort. Like if, if your partner dressing a certain way makes you uncomfortable, uh, that doesn't make you a bad person, right? Like as my uncle Bradley would say, it appears you have an opportunity to grow, to sit down with your partner, find out where, where are these feelings coming from? Do you actually hold true to the values that are behind, uh, this discomfort that you're feeling? It's an opportunity, right? It's an opportunity to sit down together, talk about how you feel, um, make asks. You're like, what are you asking for? Don't be sitting there, you know, spewing out your discomfort and then just sit back and wait for someone else to fix it for you. No, you have to ask. We have to ask for what we need, knowing that the answer might be no, especially if it is in direct conflict with the value system of the person that you're in partnership with. So in my estimation, the real reason that this is particularly insidious is because of what is unspoken. Like it's one thing for your partner to sit down uh, and ask you for something. Um, and maybe that conflicts with your own value system and maybe not. That means y'all get to have a conversation. That's fine. The insidious part is when it's not said, when it's hinted about or when it's just imagined in one partner's mind it's like well I don't think that they're going to like this so I'm not going to do it like have the conversation have the conversation and don't be making choices about your life particularly things that you really want and that are important to you based on a speculation that someone may or may not be uncomfortable with it and this is not even just about uh, romantic relationships and romantic partnerships, but like family, friends. Uh, I have a great deal of experience disappointing people. People have always taken issue with the choices that I made. Like the choices that you make really scare me. I'm like, okay, um, they don't like the way my mind works or they, they don't like the way I schedule things. And, uh, why are you doing that? That that's weird to me. I'm like, okay, you're not doing it. And it did it really used to bother me. And I would try to alter myself, uh, to, to make other people, uh, feel less uncomfortable by the things that I did and the choices that I made. And 
you know what? It never works. It doesn't work and it's stupid. Don't do that. The real issue that I had at that time in my life is that I had zero boundaries. I didn't know anything about boundaries and uh, I confused other people's emotions with my responsibility, um, which no, you can treat each other with kindness and respect. Uh, That doesn't mean that you're responsible for fixing anybody else's feelings. Those feelings are opportunities for them. Your feelings are opportunities for you. It's, It's no one else's job to fix them, but you can feel free to explore them. So yeah, the real insidious thing here is the things that are unsaid. So let's say, for example, you feel guilty because you're taking a lot of time uh, to prioritize your career and you're taking that away from your family uh, or your friends or your partner or your mother or something. Uh, That's not necessarily a problem. You feel guilty, but it's just a feeling. It means that you have an opportunity now to address that, like sit down with the people that you're worried that you're impacting and have a conversation and ask them, what do you need? Like what would make you um, feel loved and cared for? And then y'all get to decide together on what that means. And it could be something very doable, but it's definitely going to be better than walking around carrying something useless like guilt that's weighing you down all the time. Just the idea of someone asking another person to choose between love and their career. Like the thing that you're asking for is that the person give up their sense of themselves. Um, Unless they hate their career, then fuck it. I don't know. Go buy a farm or something. But that question of like, do you need to choose between love and a career? Like, do you, is there really a choice to make there between being in a partnership with no sense of yourself allowed? Mm. That tastes bad. So uh, in regards to uh, relationships and performing arts and relationships of any kind, I have three main bits of medicine uh, that I want to share with you. The first is self-esteem. Without a sense of your own worth and that your life has value and that your choices have value, uh, it's going to be a non-starter, right? We're going to get, let's start out with like a healthy sense of self-worth. You actually matter. If we can call that good, medicine number two would be boundaries. Boundaries of steel, That doesn't mean that boundaries can't be renegotiated, which is where medicine number three comes in, communication. Uh, Not guessing at how someone's feeling and then acting based on that guess, but like inviting them to come talk to you and then move on, like do something else that they've been invited to speak. And that goes for ourselves as well, like not sitting around waiting for someone to pick up on the hints that we're dropping, like no, nobody got time for that, just say what you need, ask for what you need, tell people how you're feeling and have the conversation. So those are the three medicines, self-esteem, boundaries, and communication with any, any relationship. And there will be times where people are not respecting the things that you have laid down. They're not respecting the things that you have asked for and they've agreed to. Um, and that's a problem. If someone is repeatedly ignoring 
uh, a boundary that you have set, uh, a request that you have made that they have agreed to, and it just gets ignored over and over and over again. Uh, at some point, you just have to wonder, like, d- is this person really invested in you? Uh, are are you part of this equation? Or, you know, I don't know, are they a narcissist? I don't know. Story time. Uh, I was in high school when this song by Leanne Rhymes, I think I'm saying her name right, came out. I'm like, how do I live without you? I want to know. And I loved that song. You know, I was, I was like a preteen or whatever. And I was like, oh my God, it's so romantic. And I would sing it. I was in the car with my dad and I was singing it and he was listening to it. And it was over. And I was like, that song is so beautiful. And he was like, that song is bullshit. <laughs> And I was like, what are you talking about? Because the only examples like in media that I had had were, you know, Disney movies and whatever. Um, he was like, that, that is not how relationships should work, Rachel. Especially that line about, um, you know, if you leave, you'll take away everything good in my life. That is some poisonous shit right there. A relationship is supposed to enrich your life, not take over your life. And I was like... Oh, so thanks, Dad. That was the first time I ever learned that. But to go back to kind of the original question, uh, no, you don't need to wait until you're uh, tired of performing and you want to do something else, something more settled down or normal. If you're ever going to be more normal, I don't even know what that means. Normal is not a thing. But no, you don't have to wait. You're fucking fantastic. You can have that now. Just choose well and ask for what you need uh, and don't be guessing at other people's feelings and then like trying to accommodate them because those are just fears and then we end up with a life that maybe it was okay but was it just directed by trying to avoid fear the whole time or could it be directed by what's joyful and what can we do together like as a partnership as a friendship as a community like what can we do together that is brave and joyful and fucking cool. I also want to thank uh, Susanna, who was asking me as well questions that I I thought about a lot when I was recording this episode. Um, Thank you, Susanna. You know, I I know that I've been, um, I've let my feminine rage show this episode, and I do not apologize for that. It's there for a very good reason. Uh, But in spite of that, uh, relationships are incredibly complex. And even when you do choose well and you have the conversations, it's still going to be hard sometimes. You're still not going to see eye to eye all the time. And that's fine. That's fine. So here's to us, y'all. Here's to you and here's to me and here's to our discomfort uh, and how that is always an opportunity to explore why it's there and if we even agree with that value system. Looking at the time, uh, I'm going to call it for today. Thank you for listening to my saltiness. And uh, thank you to everyone who has signed up for Stress School. It's tomorrow at 12 p.m. That's uh, Thursday, May 18th at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Really looking forward to it. Uh, And I could use it right about now because now I'm all riled up. (laughs) Riled up. Uh, But thank you so, so much for being here. And especially thank you to my incredible patrons without whom uh, this would not be possible. Thank you for being here. Thank you all so much for listening. 
keep your self-esteem, keep your boundaries, keep communicating, and don't go back to sleep.